This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. To support the Quest and being able to produce more local programming, please visit thequestatlanta.com and click the donate button. Thank you for your generosity. The Quest presents an encore presentation of Shelter in Peace. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Shelter in Peace. I am Mari Cleveland. I am here with my co-host, Josh Harris. Good morning, Josh. Oh, now I'm now I'm live. <laughs> That's great. It's a telepathic host. <laughs> That's it. He's really actually here. Okay. <laughs> and we are broadcasting from our studios here in Roswell, Georgia, for AM 1160, The Quest Radio. Um, Catholic Radio here in Atlanta, and we are so glad to be here with you this morning. So a lot of people, um, you know, we we are going through a lot right now. In this time, we're going through a lot. And as I talk to people, I hear a lot of people saying, what can I do? What can I do? I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You know, and they were saying that earlier when we first had the pandemic going on. People were feeling very anxious and concerned, and they felt a bit hopeless and helpless because usually we know what we're going to do. We usually have our calendars all put together. We have our agendas all put together. We've planned our lives out, right? And then all of a sudden, it seemed almost overnight, everything disappeared. Our calendars were wiped clean. There was nothing that um, we had planned or scheduled that was actually happening anymore. And then people, after they got over a little bit of the fright, they started to realize that, Okay, there are things I can do, and we've talked here on the on the show about how they uh, started sewing masks for people, and they yeah. they did a lot of different things, right? So now we're we're still in the pandemic. We still have that going on, but we also have a lot of unrest in our country. There's just a, there's a lot of oh, just it's 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 even hard to put words into what's going on. I think it's hard to even describe, but there's a lot of um, conflict and chaos and pain and sorrow and. Um, anger and frustration and each of us again is saying what can I do and especially as Catholic Christians you know God what would you want us to do and so we're going to be talking this hour and then also we're going to um, we're going to um, devote two programs to this we're going to talk this hour and then we're also going to talk again in the show for next week about um, about what can we do and the best way for us, as Josh and I have talked about this, the best way that we for us to figure out what to do is to, first of all, be able to listen to God and to hear what he's asking us to do, and then to have the courage to be obedient to him. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the overall theme of this week and next week is hearing from God, you know, listening for his voice, hearing from him, and then obeying. You know, once you do hear from him, that's, that's the next step that's really difficult to do. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, would you mind if we open in a quick prayer as well? We, I think you had something special to tee us off with. We did. I, yeah, this prayer, we prayed this right before we came in. And, and um, in speaking about what I just spoke about, as I listened to this prayer this morning, I thought this was so beautiful and that um, it really speaks to, I think it would really calm our hearts. Yeah. Absolutely. Josh, you've got such a beautiful voice. Would you read this prayer for us? Yeah, in movie trailer mode. <laughs> That's <Okay>. awesome. <laughs> 
Um, I don't think I can do that. Uh, yes, in the name of the Father, Father and, and the, the Son, and, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. My adorable Jesus, may our heart, uh, may our feet journey together. May our hands gather in unity. May our hearts beat in unison. May our souls be in harmony. May our thoughts be as one. May our ears listen to the silence together. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May our lips pray together to gain mercy from the Eternal Father. Amen. Amen. O oh, blessed lady, spread the effect of thy uh, uh, spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity. In Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So that beautiful prayer is called the Unity Prayer, and mm-hmm. I just I really did think it was just beautiful and perfect for today. And we are on this journey. We are on this journey together, and we do want to have our hands gather in unity and our hearts be in unison and our souls be in harmony. Um, so, and a lot of this is list, our ears listening and our li- ears listening. And it says, listen to the silence together. Mm-hmm. Um, and what really struck me as I was thinking about that this week was the fact that there are a lot of really loud voices out there right sure. now. Sure. Yeah. A lot of really loud voices. And sometimes it's hard to know which voices to listen to. And yet we hear in scripture that our God sometimes speaks in a very still, small voice. Mm -hmm. So that whole part of the prayer about listening in silence and just listening into the silence and listening for God. So so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to say, well, how do you listen to God? What kind of things do you do to listen to God? And, And how do you know when he's really speaking to you? And if it's really him or it's just wishful thinking on your part, right? Yeah. yeah, I really wanna I really wanna go on this um Caribbean vacation and God told me I should go do this, you know, Absolutely. whatever it might be, right? Um, but how do we know that? So that's that's what we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Because God did create us for such a time as this. You know, we read in the book of Esther how um Esther was reminded by her by her uncle that she was um made for such a time as this. And each one of us right now, you are here, dear listener, you are here right now because God planned for you to be here during such a time as yep. this. Right? He made you on purpose for a purpose. Bingo. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there's a scripture, Ephesians 2.10. I think it's so beautiful. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus for the good works that God has prepared in advance that we should live in them. I love that. Yeah. So he's got these, these good works. Um, and then he also tells us that he's not just going to leave us to figure it out on his own. In Psalm 32, 8, he says, I will instruct you and show you the way you should walk, give you counsel and watch over you. So he's going to instruct us. He's going to show us the way we should walk. He's going to give us counsel. And then he's going to, he's not going to leave us. He's actually going to watch over us during this time. So mm-hmm. I think that's so critical. Um, and there are a number of different ways. I've studied a couple of different um uh, from a couple of different places, different ways that God speaks to us. And, and then, of course, our own personal examples. And Josh, you were telling me as well that there were some really cool ways that God speaks to you. Do you want to share some of that? Oh, absolutely. Well, like I said, I mean, I think that's why I switched from Boost Mobile to Verizon, so I can hear God <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> Sometimes with I've been in that, I'm not going to say which cell company I've been with, but you ever been with a cell company and the service is so bad, you only get reception in the store. That's <laughs> that's that's bad news. No, um, I think there's a lot of ways. You know, I think the great news is um, especially through the sacraments, we have this beautiful template on how to be receptive to the will and the voice of God. I mean, a few things. I'll start with this. I have a 
a mentor. He was my RCIA sponsor. He's also my 12-step recovery sponsor by the grace of God coming up on 12 years sober um, in August, which will be just a, just such a, a miracle. But I, I remember asking him, I said, hey, how do you make big decisions? Mm-hmm. You know, and I was expecting him to say like, well, I, I go to a cave in Stone Mountain and I, you know, <laughs> meditate and for long enough I start to levitate and that's when... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get a telegram from God. But you know what he said? He said, I'll tell you how I make big decisions. I ask my sponsor what to do. He tells me what to do, and I do it. Uh. In the sense that, like, I know what he's saying, right? He has someone that's pouring into him, even though he's mm-hmm. 80 years old, and he's the wisest person I know. But he's not on an island, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and that's why I think, you know, you look at different religious orders, they take vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, right? Yeah. Not poverty, chastity, and discernment, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, because oh, they're not supposed point. to figure it out on their own. I mean, there's something beautiful to, uh, I think, trusting that God placed someone of wisdom in your life who mm-hmm. you trust and you know, is grounded in the faith and that he speaks to you through them because yeah. they can look at this from an objective standpoint. So I've I've had many, many, many miracles happen just listening to this guy. Yeah. And I'm just like, He'll say something like, "That's I don't I'm not on board with that," and then I go ahead and I do it, and it's like, "Wow, you are really showing off, God." Here's a small example. Now, this is going to be a little bit more vain, but just humor me for a second. I um, I am. I think I told you I was. I'm getting a new car, and uh, because the one I had was uh, (laughs) I was driving on the highway, and it just stopped. Yes, while I was on the highway, and by the grace of God, we snuck into a shoulder lane and didn't hold up traffic. You never want to be that guy, by the way, right? (laughs) (laughs) I do have to say, here in Atlanta, people are really friendly, though, because that happened to me once a number of years ago before I had a cell phone. And literally within 10 minutes, I had five different people stop and offer oh, me a cell phone. that's fantastic. Isn't that cool? That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, okay. So back to the story. The story anyway, <laughs> getting a new car, nothing's actually turned out as it was the battery, but it's, you know, we're getting closer to the 200,000 mile mark. It mm-hmm. just seems like, you know what? Maybe it's time. So we get to the dealership. We get, we're getting a, a great car, very safe. And, um, but they really lowballed us on the the price of the trade in value of my vehicle. Okay. Right now, I'm I'm not saying this is how we should hear from God, but I was kind of like, okay, whatever. They're going to value it at this. That's okay. Okay, I'm just going to have to live with it. I get this call from my sponsor, my RCA sponsor. It's just this random message. He said, you know, if you haven't sold your car yet, you might want to go down to this one place, this CarMax, and just just see what they... And so I'm kind of thinking, whatever, this is a waste. I get, they valued it four times higher. No way. Four times higher than the, the dealer trade-in, oh right? My gosh. Now, I mean, that's just like, I think God giving me a wink, but there's much more significant things, but that's really a blessing. And yeah. I, I feel like so many of these times where obedient, like where God just shows up and shows off, there's a consistent theme of me at least trying to be obedient, right. even when it means I'm doing something that is unpopular, right? right? Being more involved in pro-life ministry, prayer, things like that. But right. then I see like, and I'll just, before you chime in, just say it, it kind of, it goes back to that scripture, seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously yeah. and he'll give you everything that yeah. you need. I, I'm not saying I needed a Ford, but that was just, that was a blessing. Yeah, I mean, that that, that will help, right? Definitely, yeah. And I love what you what you're pointing out, which is 
surround yourself with wise people, right? Yes. So one of the ways that God guides us, the way he talks to us, the way he um, helps us understand what he wants us to do is through the people he puts around us. Yeah. But we've got to be smart about who we're surrounding ourselves with, Absolutely. right? There's even even the first Psalm, you know, we, Psalms, Psalms are so beautiful. There's so many different ones. There's so much wisdom in the Psalms. And the very first one is happy are those who do not follow the counsel of the wicked, right? Amen. You know, yeah. is that you've got to watch who you're listening to. And so who are the wise people in your life? And if you don't have anybody wise in your life, maybe you need to start looking for some people. You know, be in community. That is that is why we're called to community. We're not called Absolutely. to do this by ourselves, right? And um, in the last few shows, we talked about, um, in the beginning of June, we talked about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, there's some people who have the gifts of, prophecy they've got things that god's telling them they they that god wants you to know and yeah. it comes through them or they've got the gift of being able to share words of knowledge and so you've got somebody mm. who might come and share so i remember when i was a new mom and there's so much when you become a parent everybody in the world i don't know how they get your address i'm not sure how this works but yeah. everybody in the world starts sending you magazines and all this information and I'm a student. I love to learn. And I started to drive myself crazy because I was trying to learn and listen to everything I could. And then I realized there was a lot of conflicting information out there and different people were giving different types of advice, you know, yeah. this sleep pattern or this feeding pattern or whatever. And it was driving me crazy. And you know what I did? I threw it all away. I ended up throwing it all away and then just choosing one or two um, so resources that I thought had a very strong Christian and Catholic worldview then i felt like i could trust and i felt yeah. like they were coming from a place where i i put my faith in my heart and then i was so much calmer i was so much more peaceful and i chose the the people who were wise around me or the resources that were wise Amen. around me yeah well you know that's that and that's something that my again my my mentor says he says i ask one person and that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like he said especially if it's a mentor he's like why why would i have them sponsoring me or you know, mentoring me if I didn't value their opinion. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Let me go ask seven other people and get really confused. <laughs> I heard one guy was in a Bible study and, he, and, and we talked about, we we're talking about like, do you have wise people in there in, in your life? And um, he's like, well, this is what I like to do. And this is what I used to do. And it drove me crazy. Like, I like to ask like, a bunch of people <laughs> and then sift through the rubble and yeah. find like the, I'm like, man, that is a, t I'm like, I'll just say for me, that would be a, that was not would be, it was a terrible. Mm. Cause then you get like, you know, three kind of like unifying voices and then seven that are going in a bunch of different directions and there's zero peace. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, I mean, I think you were sharing this earlier when we were praying. You know, it's like Jesus said, my, my sheep know my voice. Mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't say voices. I mean, it's just like <laughs> yeah. there's there's a singular authority we're listening to. I mean, right. one triune God, right, through you know the gift of the Holy Spirit. But uh, we... I think that's just good because, like he said, a house divided cannot stand. Right, right, right. Exactly. And, and if I'm, you know, and then we can look at the other scripture: a double-minded man's unstable in all his ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I hear the Lord um, too um, through other people. I think um, I've especially gotten clarity in hearing His voice through the sacraments. Uh huh. You, you know? yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah, tell us about that. That sounded that sounded fascinating. Yeah, totally. I mean, I was going up for. I mean, especially in communion. I, I I've had like intentions in communion when I brought them 
to uh, God, I, I've just been there. Maybe you've been really anxious about a decision, you know, um, and then I get communion and I hear the winning lottery number. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, Josh no. is not being wise right now, no, so don't I'm listen just, to that that's part. That's not right. I apologize. <laughs> no, here's something that did happen in communion. I was going up for communion and um, I was really, really anxious because um, I was, um, it, I'd stepped back from uh, a particular service commitment and it's a little while ago i mean i don't know this is uh, so i stepped back from uh something and i was feeling really guilty but mm-hmm. it was gonna you know i just think it was gonna allow me to be more um it was just a little bit much especially with the, the pro-life ministry uh mm-hmm. work that i've been doing right so it was a service work that i had said i'd commit to and then i just kind of said i you know i'm gonna have to sit back it was through the, a, a parish i'm involved with and uh I was feeling so guilty, so guilty. Maybe I should just go and like knock on the door and say, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll jump back in. Um, And I was going up to communion just feeling, and like, that's a good thing to remember, you know, the voice of like terror and guilt, Mm -hmm. typically not the voice of of God, right? That does not come from God, exactly. Especially when it's a decision we've discerned and prayed about, Mm -hmm. you know, with other people. And so I'm going um, into communion and I just, I, I received communion and I swear when I, received you know jesus and in the eucharist i just this peace washed over me and i heard this voice learn to say no Mm. when you say no you're saying yes to so much more Mm, that's beautiful and it was just like typically i don't get jolted out of fear that quickly but that was one of those like wow this is a a very like special moment of grace and like a miraculous consolation because i just felt like so much of it just washed off me and I went back to that pew and so much peace. That is awesome. And you know, and that's one of the things people will say to me, okay, so how do you hear from God? Okay, so as we've just said, sometimes you hear from God through the people around you, especially if you're surrounding yourself by people who are wise um, and who are also walking with Christ and mm-hmm. they, they're they listening as well. You know, they're listening for you in a way. Um, and then sometimes you hear his voice through his word, right? Amen. Yeah. There's... um. It, what one of the things I love to say is um, the Holy Scriptures, the Bible. It's the only book that you open up and the author shows up. Ha, yeah, when you open great. it, the author shows up. It's so cool, and he shows up specifically for you. Like you said, Josh, you're yeah. heading up to communion. You're talking to God, and He had a specific word just for you. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's through His living word, the Scripture, um, and actually Psalm one nineteen one oh five says it beautifully and talks about your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path, you know? And what do Mm. we need when we're trying to walk forward? We want to know, we need to see the light, we need to see where to take the next step. And that's what scripture can do. Amen. Sometimes it's through the Holy Spirit. And so I kind of feel like that that voice you heard, that was the Holy Spirit speaking Mm -hmm. to you. And, and, And then it brings peace. You know, how do we know if it really is the word of God? Well, do you feel peaceful afterwards? That people ask me all the time, how do you know that God said that? Well, because all of a sudden I felt really peaceful. The anxiety I had, the confusion I had, the frustration I had, it all went away and I felt really peaceful. And that's a sign. That's really a sign that that God's hand is in that. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, even in scripture, the Holy Spirit, we've been reading, we were reading Acts earlier this month and um in Acts 20 Paul Paul says, um but now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. What will happen to me there, I do not know. 
So he's just being obedient, but he's saying he was compelled by the Spirit. Mm, he, really the cool. Spirit sent him to Jerusalem. Um, you know, and sometimes it's also just circumstances or signs or like you just said earlier, um, kind of like God winks. You know, there are times when you know God's kind of saying there are these, I like to say, instead of coincidence, they're God incidents. They're things yeah. that happen, right? Um, and, and also... So, you know, we have the Holy Spirit living within us. So sometimes you have to, you you do, you have to use your own reason, your own common sense, but ask yourself, okay, is this in line with scripture? Is this in line with what God teaches um, and what the church teaches? Mm-hmm. Is this part of God's character? Is this something that's loving and encouraging? It's going to build somebody up. It's going to be something good for them. And does it bring peace? Um, so those are all the different ways that God does speak to us. There are also some really cool ways, and we'll talk about that. Um, a bit as well about, you know, through dreams or things like that. But I do want to make mention real quickly, we do need to learn to hear the voice of God though, right? And so how do we do that? We do that by putting ourselves in prayer, you know, prayer Absolutely. and fasting and listening. And I was going to share just real briefly uh, something we did with um, my kids when we were they were younger. I used to uh, be a volunteer prayer parent in their classroom. And we would talk to the kids about various scriptures from time to time and and what to do about it. So one of the scriptures that we, we were talking about is the one, Josh, that you had mentioned about um, uh, hearing my voice, right? So the scripture from John 10, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So we were teaching Amen. the kids about that. So what we did is we went around and we recorded voices from all different people around the school, right? Okay, here's the voice of the PE teacher reading that scripture. Here's the voice of their teacher reading that scripture. Here's the voice of the lunchroom lady reading that scripture. And then we actually threw in a couple of voices. We threw in like for maybe just two parent voices, okay? So all the kids are listening and they're like, oh, that's Coach Hall. Oh, that's Miss Trisha, whatever. And then you hear a voice and most all the kids kind of get just silent and they're just listening. And one child, their their eyes just light up. That's my mommy. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the next one, that's my daddy. Well, why do they know those voices? They know those voices because they spend time with them. Yeah. They trust them. They love them. And it's much easier to be obedient to somebody who you love and you trust. And we talk to the kids about that. And that's what, you know, I, I love to share with people. How are you on your walk with Christ? Are you listening to God? Do you love him? Do you know him? Do you trust him? Because you're going to be able to do difficult things for him the more you love and trust him because you've learned how much he loves you, right? That's beautiful. And I think you nailed it. I mean, prayer is so important. I love this scripture right here. Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane says, Father, if you are willing, remove this chalice from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And behold, in being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling upon the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise up and pray so you may not enter into temptation. Mm. Well, I mean, there's four people in this passage. Yeah. One of them obeyed God perfectly. The other three fled. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I would be willing to bet that if they stayed up and prayed, they would have been much more obedient Mm -hmm. (laughs) through the passion narrative. Mm. But. You know, I I like to think about this phrase. I mean, Jesus, fully God, fully man, right, knew that he was going to need to summon all the strength that he could to Mm. essentially embrace the, the greatest passion in the history of humanity. Yeah. 
And so he threw himself into prayer, I mean, to the point where he's sweating blood. And I think it reminds me of that phrase, like, courage is fear that said its prayers. That's be- oh, say that again, Josh. That's awesome. Say courage it again. is fear that said its prayers. That's beautiful. We can translate obedience. And what is courage but obedience to God? True mm-hmm. courage, right? Mm-hmm. And obedience is fear that said its prayers. So I need to remember, like, there's this... There's this rosary uh, decade um, that I have a rosary seed that my my wonderful RCA sponsor gave me. And one of the intentions of the decade is, God, if it's your will for us to give up everything, mm. give us the courage. Wow. And it's like my sponsor likes to add to that saying, you're going to maybe need to hit me over the head with a two by four. <laughs> Um, and give me the courage because I just don't have it. Yeah. And I think that's the reminder. I mean, you know, sometimes I think that we, we, we like, oh, I've got to will myself to do this impossible task. Well, I think really the two things I need to do are, is pray about it mm-hmm. like very intensely and then bring it to confession and expel it to, you know, a holy individual. I mean, ideally a priest, but you know, and, and and those are really the two ingredients I think for me to receive that grace to be more obedient and also, you know, to get another set of eyes on it, mm, right? And mm-hmm. then when it's confirmed, yeah, I think this is the will of God. All right, then then like what's the next step? And and I'm a believer in just taking one small step. Yeah, yeah. You know, the first time I went and prayed in front of an abortion clinic, I didn't show up with a, you know, any tools or sidewalk counseling capabilities or reach out. I just literally knew God was telling me to do it. I pulled into the parking lot. I sprinted out to some people who kind of made me uncomfortable. I said the Our Father. I sprinted back into my car and I peeled out. Right, right. Yeah. And, and like, you know, and now we just got off the phone. I think there were in the past about week, there were, we've had about seven people in front of this abortion clinic yeah. that choose to not have abortions. Isn't that amazing? You know? Seven lives that were saved. Yeah. And Seven to... babies that will be born. I mean, it just makes you cry. It's incredible. And so yeah. you never know what's on the other end of a yes to God, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, it's not just your life at stake. It's it's other people's, right? right. Because regardless if it's pro-life ministry or some other, um, you know, function of benevolence i mean we are touching other people you know you saying yes to catholicism you saying yes to leading a bible study i mean that has an eternal ripple effect that leaves the thumbprint of god on so many other people Mm -hmm. yeah and so dear listeners you are listening to us here on am 1160 the quest shelter and peace and we are talking today about hearing from god you know during these troubling times it's so hard to know what to do but first you know you need to know who to listen to um, who is truth? He is truth. He is love. He is peace. And he's the one who has a plan for you and for your life. So how do you listen to him? How do you hear from him? And then how do you have the courage to walk into what he's asking Amen. you to do? You know, and Josh just mentioned some of the pro-life um, uh, items that were going on, amazing stories. And so we just encourage you, make sure you listen next week as well. Same time, same place, because we are going to hear from some beautiful pro-life um, leaders here in Atlanta, some ladies who've done some amazing things, a lot of amazing work. They're actually personal friends of both Josh and me. Mm-hmm. And um, so they'll have some beautiful stories about uh, their their experience in the pro-life ministry. So please listen for that. So I got a question for you. What helps you? We'll ask maybe Father Mark. What helps you particularly walk through when you get that call, you know, or that prompting? What what helps you find the courage Mm -hmm. to walk in that direction? Um, You know, I guess for me probably is past history. 
Mm-hmm. It's the fact that I know that I have got a faithful God who has been faithful in the past. Mm-hmm. And so I can think about times where I have taken a step of faith in the past and um, yeah. and he's been there and he's mm-hmm. protected me and he's made it into something fruitful and he's made it into something that was um, just, it, it, he never just does it for himself or it's, it, you no, know, obviously it's for his yeah. glory, but he also does it for our good too, yeah. you know? So I think rem- remembering some of that is what is helpful for me and knowing how much he loves me and knowing that he would never ask me to do anything um, the outside of the, the love he has for me. Kind of like mm-hmm. when you ask your kids to do something hard, you know, whether it's eat their broccoli <laughs> or like my yeah. son right now is working an all night shift at Walmart, you know, hard stuff, but it's for his good, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when we come back from our break, we are going to have our special mystery guest. Josh kind of mentioned him, but he's going to, Josh will introduce him right after our break. So we look forward to um, you being with us. So stay tuned. The Quest presents Mom Minutes with Cameron Frad from Among the Lilies. I was at mass a while back and my child was about three years old and I was trying really hard to keep them in the pew and quiet. You know how it is, ladies, right? When you're wrestling with little kids. Well, he was about to lose it. And he's like, I know, I know. And he starts getting restless and he starts, of course, it's a moment of like consecration. And he starts yelling, I know it's Jesus. So my husband picks him up. Matt's running down the aisle and my three-year-old is yelling, it's really Jesus's body and blood out the door. I was mortified. I go to apologize to the priest after I'm praying. I'm like, oh God. I'm like, I'm so sorry, Father. Please forgive me. And he's like, no, are you kidding? You're a little guy. I need to apologize to you. That was the Holy Spirit. I've been praying, Lord, how can I teach my parishioners to know that it's truly you present in the Eucharist? So you may think that you're dealing with just a crazy wild toddler, but it could be the Holy Spirit working in and through him. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. This is Monsignor Charles Pope from Morning Glory. The impact of the COVID-19 pandemic has seeped into virtually every aspect of our daily lives, bringing with it uncertainty, fear, and anxiety. One of the anchors in these turbulent waters is Catholic Radio. These are challenging financial times for all of us, including the station you're listening to right now. Please consider making a life-changing donation today. May God bless you. Donate at thequestatlanta.com. The Quest invites you to pray the Unity Prayer. Let us pray. My adorable Jesus, may our feet journey together. May our hands gather in unity. May our hearts beat in unison. May our souls be in harmony. May our thoughts be as one. May our ears listen to the silence together. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May our lips pray together to gain mercy from the Eternal Father. Amen. Good morning. You are listening to 1160 AM The Quest, and we are blessed with a special mystery guest. And you're welcome because that rhymed. Okay, let me (laughs) introduce you to a man that has been uh, very pivotal in my spiritual development and so many others. We are here and joined by Father uh, Mark White from Christ the King. How are you, my friend? Doing great. Great. Great to be on the the show and, and, uh, and talk with you guys today. We're so glad you're here. And I, I want to tee off this first question. It may be a bit of a whopper, but we are talking about obedience and discernment. And I think you have uh, some great stuff to, to share with our listeners. Um, 
you know, I'm just going to ask, like, for you personally, how what has helped you in your walk with with Christ, especially your faith walk? Um, hear the voice of God and discern, you know, that it's truly God pointing you in a specific direction. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, for me, I'm a convert, and uh, I really had my first conversion in a Protestant context, and actually went to seminary, so there's a whole story to that. said I'd never go again, ended up converting and back in seminary. Um, wow. But it's been, <laughs> it's been God's Word, really, for me. Um, it's been Scripture. Oh, wow. And, and, and I think a lot of that has been learning the whole of the scriptures, reading it all the way through in a Protestant context, and then seeing it through Catholic eyes. And I pray the Psalms, you know, as, as you know, priests uh, promise to, to pray the Psalter, the breviary, and uh, the office of readings. Every morning I pray it, and um, I see God's uh, hand by His Spirit, almost as if He taps certain verses uh, a certain passage, mm. and he wants to say more to me. And wow. so that combines with a, a moment of silence, usually hopefully before the Eucharist, and then I journal. And um, that's great. some days I hear a lot, some days not as much, but that's been the way that God really speaks to me, is, is through his word, uh, prayerfully or hopefully in front of the Eucharist, um, and usually in the morning. So there's lots of little things that, for some reason, uh, that and I think that's where the challenge is to find the way in which you hear God's voice. Silence mm-hmm. is also a big thing. Silent retreats, I recommend those. I've been on several of those, and I have, I have gained incredible wisdom about myself and Jesus wow. and His calling in my life from those retreats. Almost every time, Can I ask three you? days, six days. Oh, you've done it. What's the longest you've done? We did an eight day. <gasps> this was part of a oh priest formation. And uh, there was a little cheating these days. <laughs> I mean, on the weekend, but uh, for the most part, it was you know we were seeing a spiritual director, and you're doing four holy hours a day. Wow! And um, and it's amazing because you become more attuned to the voice of God, and then you see the way He speaks to you, and also the way He articulates His mysteries and His plan in your past. And maybe maybe his um, prompting of where he's leading you in the future. So I, I encourage that. It's hard, uh, and and for those that are introverts, it's easier. But if you're an extrovert, <laughs> it, it can be uh, a little bit like the walk to Calvary. You know, um, more difficult. That so, is but so. Yeah, cool. those are the ways. Yeah. That is so cool, Father Mark. So okay, so I want to recap because there was so much packed into that. So sure. So part of it's reading scripture and just right. um, really meditating on that, especially in front of the the um, Blessed Sacrament. So you've got Jesus right, right there as you're doing it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then as you're listening in silence, then do you start you start writing down what God's sharing with you based on that? Yeah, it'll be. I and I I think. My heart has to be in the right place, but there'll be a verse or a passage Mm. or some idea that comes from that text, and I'll write it down. And then at the end of maybe going through praying a portion of the breviary, I go back and look at those verses, and it's as if the Holy Spirit reveals to me, you know, when I journal, kind of what He wants to say to me through that. And I think it's something that I've learned over time, that that's the way God speaks to me. That's amazing. And it sounds a little bit like, um, kind of like Lexio Divina. Um, it is. It's a version mm-hmm. of that, a I version. guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> My own. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not the imaginative type. It's <laughs> more uh, theological right. and more uh, 
speaking to truths in my heart and in my life. Oh, I love yeah. that. And you know, that's really helpful to hear because some people think, okay, I've, I've got to do this. I've got to follow this right. prescription or whatever. And Lexio Divina, like you said, it has that imaginative part. Well, if you're not a real visual imaginative person, sometimes that can feel a little forced and difficult. Sure. So I love sure. you saying, well, you modify it to how God works for you and works in your right. heart. And right. yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. So speaking of which, um, you went to seminary two times. Uh, <laughs> did you did you right. get any like did the, did the Catholic Church just transfer any credits over, or did you, <laughs> did you have to just start all the way from from you know ground zero? Yeah, that's a, an interesting question. I actually went in there, and I think they didn't know what to do with me because uh, I went to a seminary in New Orleans, Notre Dame Seminary. The seminary I went to for Protestant seminary was here in Atlanta, and when I got there, they wanted to, I guess they wanted to think I was, see what I really understood. So they kind of tested me out with a few classes, and I did well. And so then I was just going to kind of get a certificate of completion hmm. so that the bishop would feel comfortable, you know, ordaining me. But I did well in the classes, and I've always been an intellectual. I like that. And so they ended up awarding me with a degree. Wow. At the end, whoa! So I can't complain. Yeah, I, I did most of what everyone else did, but there were a couple things, Bible classes, things like that, that they allowed me to not take for credit. But I ended up auditing things because I, I like to learn. That's amazing. So, so were you there the full? Was is it six or seven years, or did you get? To... I was. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was wondering. I was there the the four years. Um, so usually, if, the six years would be if you have no philosophy. Okay. And uh, you would do six whole years in the institution, and you have a pastoral year the way they do in Atlanta now. And I, I think with me, they had, had I did a pastoral year at the beginning, and I'd already had the degree. So once they knew I kind of understood things, they put me in a four-year program. So it was basically the same as, as guys that had already had philosophy. We usually don't have guys like that. We have guys that need all of it. They come mm -hmm. into our program, but sometimes they do. They took philosophy maybe in college, and so they only need to do the four years at least academically. Um, so that's how it worked. So I got a question: When you get this calling, and you, how old were you when you headed off to uh, seminary in the Catholic Church? Well, so I had the. It was my early thirties when I kind of had a conversion in a, conversion in a uh, Protestant context, but it was two thousand twelve when I came into the Catholic Church, uh, which was about probably around nine, ten years later. Mm -hmm. um, so I was in my early 40s wow. when I uh, started that journey into the seminary, which was, there was a couple years of just being Catholic and just learning to be a Catholic, which took, took a lot of learning, different, yeah. a different world, a different context uh, in the South, but... The worlds have some different uh, dynamics, that's for sure, Catholic yeah. versus Protestant world. So, Yeah, and so, Father Mark, I think our listeners would be fascinated to just hear, since we're on this whole theme of how do you hear from God and how do you step into being obedient to sometimes maybe difficult and unpopular. I would think that probably all your, your, um, your friends and acquaintances, you know, you've gone through Protestant seminary, and then all of a sudden now you're going to Catholic seminary. That probably was that was potentially unpopular around some people, but we'd love to hear your story about, so how'd you hear from God? How'd you hear from God, even just going to seminary so late in life the first time, and then, you know, nine years later or so, going to seminary again? What? T 
tell tell us tell us your story. Well, I think it it dovetails good with the subject. You know, for me, it was suffering. Uh, you know, I I can't get into the whole. I don't have time to do the whole story, but I kind of came, like a lot of people do, to that point in my life. You may have not noticed this on the surface, but where I wasn't happy. And so I was, well, you know, it's kind of like the prodigal son, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the passage where, you know, it's kind of like he's going back, but he's not necessarily going back because he misses his father as much as he seems to be going back because he knows this isn't working out for him. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of happened to me. And then when the lights came on, I was like, wow, it was as if nobody ever, why didn't anyone ever tell me this? Well, I think some people had tried to tell me. But once I came to know the Lord and know his plan for my life and that he is real, he is true, and he does want that relationship with us, that just opened up my mind. I'd already been a thinker, and I started thinking a lot. And it was suffering. You know, I I think one of the first things that I learned, one of the first uh, sayings from C.S. Lewis that's really been a theme for me is, you know, God's, uh, it's something from the, the, uh, his book on pain, where he says that, uh, uh, pain is God's megaphone to rouse mm-hmm. the deaf world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that was what happened to me. And that was the first element of that. And then I think as I grew in seminary, I started realizing Catholic teachings, because you have to go over all that. And my sister had converted while I was in seminary. There's another story to that. And she would <laughs> oh. say these things to me, and i go, well, that's not right. And then I would look it up and, and do research and even ask my own professors. And they'd go, yeah, well, that's kind of where they were in the early church. Mm. And so I kept kind of like uh, what uh, John um, St. John Newman said: "To be deep in history is to cease to be Protestant." Oh wow! And so I did that, and I went through that, and yeah, it wasn't always popular. There would be things like on birth control. Some of our countercultural teachings would come up in the Protestant context, and I'd find myself believing and even starting to defend Catholic teachings. Wow! <laughs> I wasn't Catholic. And I wasn't even in a Catholic context. Now, my sister was at this point, but she wasn't there. And so that kind of happened multiple times, and I think it was the Holy Spirit just leading me. And then finally I realized intellectually, to be honest, at least with myself, I needed to be Catholic. So I came into the Church, and yeah, there there were people that, maybe for the first time some friends that said some things, that they had never challenged me when I went to other churches. Because, you know, the Protestant world, people jump around to different churches. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I was getting some strange challenges that I was Catholic. You know, and, you know, so it was very, it was odd. And I think what I experienced from that is that when things are hard and you're following the Lord, you're not in the wrong place, you're in the right place. Mm. That you're, you're taking up your cross, you're walking with Him. So a lot of times we, obviously we don't like suffering, and it's difficult but if we're being obedient to him and we're following him and there's persecution, there's suffering, or there's challenges, that actually means that we're doing often the right things. Wow. And that, you know, God wants to work for good through suffering, not that it's ever fun, but there's great fruit. Yeah. So, and then, you know, and it always makes me more attuned to his will. So I'm, never, I'm not saying it's fun. There's no kind of a masochistic <laughs> way of looking at suffering. Mm-hmm. But certainly there's great fruit in that we unite it to his cross and that he brings redemption through it. I mean, through Jesus' death, we're saved. So uniting our own crosses to him uh, is redeemed through his death. And that that was a big thing for me, you know, and still is to this day, uh, where I'm struggling with different things during the day. You know, this idea of offering it up, it's a lot bigger than sometimes we give credence to. You know, it really is our, our, 
our salvation, and it really is our theology to unite uh, all of these pains to his cross, knowing that while it'll never be fun, it'll make us better people, it'll allow us to grow in holiness, and it'll allow us truly at some point to fully enter into life Mm. uh, through his resurrection. And so I think it's just the belief in that and knowing that when things are too easy, sometimes I wonder, am I being obedient, mm-hmm. you know? Amen. Am I being, yeah. am I getting out of my comfort zone? Or am I really following him? Uh, because, you know, you start sharing your faith, whether it's a Protestant context or Catholic, you, you, you're going to get pushback. Yeah, definitely. You know? and, and, and there's wrong ways to do it, but I mean, when, even when we do it right particularly in this culture right now, you'll get that. Yeah, definitely. So. You know, so listeners, you are listening to 1160 AM The Quest to um, Shelter in Peace, and our guest, Father Mark White, is on with us, and we are talking about listening to God, hearing from God, and, and walking in God's will, being obedient to Him, even when it's difficult, even when they're suffering, even when you're, um, you're, you're struggling. You know, I heard a, um, Father Mark, I heard a couple of people say, and I think one of them actually may have been um, an encycl- from an encyclical from maybe um, St. Pope John Paul II, but he talked about how Jesus on the cross, just like you were talking about, being able to unite our suffering with Jesus' suffering, is the time mm-hmm. when Jesus invites us into the most intimate part of what he did, because him giving up his life on the cross and suffering on the cross was the most intimate form of love that he provided for us. And we are, he's inviting us to enter into that, that place as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, and, and also that's, that's the moment of greatest human existence in a sense, because we die to that, you know, that sinfulness and that selfishness that holds us back from the truest form of humanity, mm. which is perfect love, which is the self-giving love, you know, that is most manifest to us through the cross, mm-hmm. through His gift. You know, mm-hmm. you look at a crucifix, you see, we, we see our sins, we see our forgiveness, but we also see our call to true life. And that's counterintuitive, but that really is what, uh, you know, that, and that's the beauty of the resurrection, you know, the victory that, that we we find in that. Uh, so I, I was thinking of the document, too, Salvific Dolores, which is Salvific Sorrows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's uh, JP2 mm-hmm. uh, wrote this, and uh, it's really, if you ever want to read something great, free online, of course. Uh, it is the, the greatest, I think, the summary of what we understand suffering to be. And it's actually filled with hope and joy surprisingly, and, and, and it's a little hard to read because it is John Paul II, uh, but that has been a great uh, a blessing to me. My mom's name is actually uh, Mary uh, Dolores. She's mm-hmm. not Catholic, but it's Mary Sorrows. Mm-hmm. So um, that has been, and she lost two children before she had me, so that's still unfolding, that mystery uh, in my life. But those, that document and, and really that reality has 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 maybe challenged me that sorrows and sufferings are something I can't run from, mm-hmm. though they'll never be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to find where the Lord is in in these things and how He wants to use them in my life, and 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 I'll offer myself as a gift for others through them. That's beautiful. You know, it's so funny because in our faith, sometimes there's this oxymoron. You know, we talk in the Catholic faith about it's both and. It's not either or, it's mm-hmm. both and. Sure. Because we were just telling our listeners, you know, Josh and I were both saying, you know, when we hear from God and we know it's his voice, a lot of times one of the ways we know that is because we sense peace. You know, we feel this peace. Right. You know, now we're talking about suffering. It's like, 
whoa, 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 hold on. Is it peace or is it suffering or is it both and? And like you just said, um, in JP2's Salvific Dolores, there's the the hope and the joy. So there's suffering, but there's also hope and joy. So it's very fascinating thinking about there's a difference between joy and happiness, you know, that whole conversation. But in your suffering, Father Mark, did you also have a sense of, of peace during that time? Or how did you know that you were still, you know, on the path, on the right path, and you were still following God, if it was, if even in the midst of suffering? You know, I think one thing that came to mind when you asked that is, it was, uh, there was peace. I think there was also consolations offered in the sufferings in the most profound way, particularly with the Blessed Mother. So those of your listeners that maybe are familiar with the consecration to her, there's a popular one, 33 days to morning glory, but mm-hmm. there's also the one, the traditional one with Louis de Montefort, St. Louis de Montefort. And I did those, and one of the things I learned was that she would sweeten the crosses. And I think what she sweetens them with is her love and her presence. And so she would lighten them a little bit. And, and so I have some ongoing things I struggle with, like all people do, anxiety. But I'll notice that in those days, at times, the Blessed Mother will give me a, a, a consolation, uh, a sense of her presence, a sense of the way I'm being used. And my job is to kind of receive that, just just as a good mother cares for her ch- her children in that moment. And it's almost her way of saying, you're okay, you're moving through this, I'm going to use it for good. This mm-hmm. is a part of my son's plan. Mm-hmm. And so I think she's particularly uh, powerful in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of how she she gives me peace, and I receive peace from God through her uh, in those situations. Uh, but I think I also get... I think you can get a sense of peace just by knowing you were obedient. And, and and though you weren't perfect and you may have struggled, you were obedient to God's will. Uh, and it's a different sense of peace. It's much more of a calm uh, sense and a, a calm sense of assurance rather than maybe the thought of having a, a, a deep emotional moment with the Lord, which would be different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Amen yeah. to that. Well, is there anything that you would do? Um, you know, maybe people are getting prompted to step out in faith, express a particular view or stance, or just feeling God press into their hearts and do something that requires a little bit of courage. Is there anything that you would suggest to that person listening right now to take just one small step in that direction of obedience? Sure. Yeah. Good question. I, I think. Uh... You know, just like you said, it, 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 it you, you, you know, if we, we, we are called to take some risks, so to get out of our comfort zone. Um, of course, that's going to look different for each person. And one thing you can do is 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 try to find your God's God's story in your own life. Mm-hmm. How has God worked? What unique ways through your suffering can He use you in other people's lives that maybe have suffered differently? And then also, uh, you know, your gifts. So um, one of the ways we, we might have to jump out of our comfort zone a little bit is try to figure out, well, I'm gifted in these ways. Maybe I don't love doing certain things like that, but I've been given these gifts, or I've suffered in this way. And then God will often lead you to be used through those things. And so the, the you know, the kind of getting out of your comfort zone, you just have to take that step. Uh, so part of it begins with prayer, and it begins with that relationship with the Lord and how He's used you, how you've suffered, and what you're good at. But then just asking the question, Lord, how do you want 
to use me, and then being obedient when he prompts. Because often when you ask him a very specific question like that, he'll give you a path. Or maybe he'll show you that he's given you that path and you've chosen not to walk down of it, maybe out of fear or, or maybe just not knowing. But then when he does, you have to take the step. And, and like you said, Josh, just a small step. It doesn't have to be like, you know, I'm going into seminary overnight or I'm becoming a nun or, you know, not that everyone's called to do that, but, you know, uh, or I'm going to start a nonprofit, you know, start the quest, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely something that um, I think you start the small step, and there's so many ways you can serve in the church, but also in your own workplace or your own neighborhood or family. Um, there's so many needs. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a really good word because, you know, Father Mark, a lot of times people think, well, if it's God, he's going to give me something huge, right? And so they wait around. They wait around for the huge thing, and he's like, I've been asking you to do this and this, and then what we don't realize is those small steps do lead to huge things. Often, yeah, they they can. And and also, it's also in our— in our economy versus God's economy. So uh, so we sure. might not see that it's so huge, but oh my gosh, God knows how he's going to use it in amazing ways. And I don't know who said this quote, maybe Father uh, Mark will be able to pinpoint it, but I, I remember somebody sharing this and they said, um, the greatest saint in the history of the church, I mean, obviously other than Mary, but the greatest saint in the history of the church, you know, it wasn't, he wasn't like a a a, a pope. He wasn't a, a bishop. He wasn't a, a, you know a martyr. He was a father, a husband, and a worker. And referring to Saint Joseph, mm. right? And mm. so sometimes we think that like, and don't get me wrong, we need all those things. I mean, th- those people are. I mean, those are beacons of light and inspiration for all of us, and they you know leads us closer to God, especially clergy. But um, there is also something that was incredibly heroic about the work of Joseph, which was, I mean, what was he? He was a father, a husband, mm-hmm. and a worker, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know if he... Absolutely. Yeah, that that's that's fantastic. Uh, I mean, and he was obedient to those inspirations mm-hmm. in his dreams, you know, which yeah. would have been astounding to get a dream like that. Right. Uh, right. And, 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 and was very obedient in the, in his capacity. And I think the Lord is always calling us, and he's always saying things. I know Sometimes we just don't listen well. And I think in those little ways, it's like St. Therese, I think, says this. You want an example of a a great female saint? The little things. You know, she had the little way, and she did the little things. And look at, now she's a doctor. Yeah. You know, so that's that's it. She didn't even want, you know, she didn't even think she was going to be a doctor. She just loved in little ways. And so, yeah, there's one text that Jesus says, if we're faithful in the little things, Right. And we'll, we'll be given bigger things. And and so often I have to remind myself of that because the little things are the, are the things that are easier to neglect, too. You know? Yes. Gosh, that's I, did, I didn't do my prayers. I, I hadn't been to confession a long time. I didn't. Uh, I've been rude to my mother. You know, mm-hmm. I've been rude to my sister or something. That these people that I kind of can take for granted, it starts there. You know, Amen. It really does. Yeah. And I, I don't remember if it. So that, the other quote I love is. Um, do little things with great love. And, yeah, 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 that might be St. Therese. Yeah. It might be her. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's great. So we've got about 40 seconds or so left, Father Mark. Would you mm-hmm. um, just be a blessing to us and to our listeners by closing us out with prayer? Absolutely, absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, uh, 
we pray that you would bless all the listeners that are listening today um, and those hosting the show. You would make your face to shine upon them. You would give them your countenance, your hope, and your grace. You would lead them unto the way of everlasting life by leading them to love others as you have first loved us through Jesus Christ, and thus lead them to true humanity, the fullness and abundance of life that Jesus promised all of us. And may Almighty God bless all of you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Absolutely. God, God bless, bless you. you. Thank you so okay. much, Father White, for Absolutely. blessing us. And you, God was showing off when he put you on this show with us today. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. Thank you. And thank you, dear listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you, dear listeners, for being with us with Shel- in Shelter and Peace. And please listen in next week again. We look forward to seeing you then. <laughs>